Hey guys, welcome to the fifth episode of Doing on Dirt. I'm your host, Evan McCrory. Today, I'm going to have Big Mike back talking with me, discussing the Chili Bowl, Bovado weekend with the late models out in New Mexico, looking forward to the World of Outlaw late model season starting in Volusia this weekend, and everything going with Georgia Florida Speed Week, news for the scrub and winter freeze, and whatever else we got going on in Carolinas and beyond. Let's get to it. We got Big Michael Schmella on the line here for today's episode. Uh, we're, first of all, we're going to talk about the Chili Bowl. Michael, first off, what was your thought about the main event about Logan CV getting his first Golden Driller? Uh, I was very, I had a great time watching it again. If you guys were in the live stream, you guys just saw. But um, I'll post some highlights. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you do that. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, it was a interesting race. Um, track wasn't the best that it could have been or it was throughout the week. There's a lot of one line, but there was some racing. Um, Tanner, Tanner Thorson almost had some shots at about the end of it, but Logan really controlled that race from lap one to lap 55. Do you think Buddy would have beat Logan if he didn't have his troubles on Tuesday? I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, fuck. Hey. He 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 didn't couldn't make it out of a D main, so I don't I don't I don't know. Yeah, it, once you get stuck deep in the soup like that, like what happened to him and CV, it's just it's just all you can say is what could have been or like what what could they have done if they certain moments didn't happen, like if Buddy didn't have to do his wall ride during the prelim night while leading, if Logan or not Logan, uh, CJ Leary just didn't get bullied his entire prelim night on Thursday. Like, I swear, every time I looked up on the screen during a C.J. Leary race, he was upside down or something. Like, so Some of those guys just have great luck during the week, and some of those guys, they just can't get out of that building fast enough. Uh, going back to the track prep and stuff and just how long the event took in general, there is a lot of work they could do to it. It's an amazing, awesome event, but there's always room to improve. There's always ways you could expedite the, expedite the process. Like, first of all, they were an hour and a half getting the late, like, early soup mains started. They were supposed to start at, I believe, 10, 10, 15 Central Time. Or no, 10, 10, 15 Eastern Time. They didn't get started until about 11.30 Eastern, I remember. And th- that just that just sets them behind the eight ball the whole night. And how long it takes them for all of their driver introductions and all the stuff they do for TV, I just feel like it really kills the mood for the people at home. I bet the atmosphere is still great for the people in person. If, if anybody that was there wants to chime in on what it was like for them, I bet there was still more stuff to do, obviously, because you're there. But I, I wonder if that bogs down the experience for the person there and how they feel about the event, especially Saturday. Yeah, could have. Yeah. We would still like to have Doing It on Dirt on location there for 2024. That would be fun. Uh, or Vado. No, we're not doing Vado. Vado is too far out there to make it worth it for us, I feel like, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little too far fetched. Yeah. If I had family or something within like an hour or two, I would do it. But the closest family I have would be Phoenix. And I'm pretty sure it's about the same for you with that, too. Yep. Uh, speaking of Vado, what did you think about the racing at Vado and uh, Davenport being the worst driver on earth for not getting six in a row? Um, that race is really, really good. Again, if you haven't seen the highlights of that, you want to go check it out. Which night? Um, 
All of them. Really, all of them really <laughs> are fucking good. I, I'd um, say night two was probably the least eventful. That was where uh, Davenport led all 40, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I think but, it just got better throughout the week, honestly. The track was really, really, awesome. Really, really great event. Nothing to really say no about. Um, night one through three was Davenport, but, like, they didn't let him have it easy, except, like I said, like, night two, maybe. Like, I feel like that was his only actual dominating night. Like, one night one, he had to go take the lead from Bobby. Night three, what was night three? Night three was that great battle between him, Bobby, and Kyle. Yeah. And then night four, Bobby won, but I don't remember how that happened. I think Davenport fell off a little bit. And then night five was Marler and Bobby, which the common factor of who was involved in the great racing every night was Bobby Pierce in his ugly 2008 paint scheme. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the best paint scheme ever. Do you think he's going to switch it up before big racing really starts in a couple of weeks or in I March hope. for him up north? I, I, I hope. We'll see. I, I know he's going to do something special for the dream and everything. Oh, yeah. Can, but Always. Do, do you know if, he's, if he changes up his paint scheme to a, not, a new primary after that, or does he go back to his primary from the beginning? He, of the year, he like goes Vado? back to it. Okay, because that's how. Because I remember last year for Vado, he had like that throwback white scheme with the red number that didn't really have a lot on it. Hopefully, this is a throwback to two thousand eight. So, <laughs> the good old Bob Pierce throwback. Uh, but Kyle Larson had some comments after the final race on uh, Sunday night about if he was going to be coming back to Vado and how what he thought of being there in New Mexico for that event was. Uh, Michael, uh, what was it that Kyle said in general? He basically said he's planning on coming back to Vado next year. That's um, awesome. He, he, I mean, I, I don't really blame him. He's he's won the Killy Bowl twice. He hasn't won, he hasn't won Vado yet, so he's got to go kind of win that thing. Yeah, I would like to see Kyle. I would like to see Kyle do a four out of six. I like to see Kyle get a good amount of wins at Vado. Um, but he was also, I feel like. If you read in between the lines there a little bit, he was kind of digging at the Chili Bowl and and Han and those people that run it. Yeah. He, saying how how quick the event ran every night and how good the track prep was and stuff. It's like I feel like as much as he was praising Vado and talking about how good that was, he was kind of he was digging at the people yeah, down Tulsa. Saturday portion of um, Chili Bowl is not run the best. It wasn't. Uh, they, like, they really need to try to figure out a different way to do it. I see some ideas on Twitter that have really, honestly, been good ideas that really yeah, I should consider, but they're they're probably not going to consider them. So, nah, I I I don't know for sure, but I think the guy that runs it and some of the people that are head of the board over there, they're kind of just stuck in their ways and not looking to really modernize more than they've allowed the people around them like Flo and Lucas to do so. I feel like it's still up to them to make the final decisions, to expedite the process, change up how prelim nights and how the beginning of the soup runs. Because I feel like the prelim nights ran pretty smoothly besides Wednesday, obviously. And we'll maybe talk about that for a second in a minute. Yeah. Like they were done, what would you say, 10 central each night there, 11 Eastern. Around that time, yeah. Which isn't bad. That's not bad. Obviously, it was later Wednesday. The horrible 
horrible incident with uh, Ashton Torgerson. I'm glad he is okay. That was one of the scariest things we've ever seen live. Yes, it was. We we were all I watching see you after um, like at yeah. plays. Yeah, we were all watching it together on our all three separate legal flow racing streams. Uh, flow, uh, yeah, it's all legal. We promise. You can go look at our bank accounts. Um, but we just saw them cut the cameras and didn't really understand what was happening. And then like how they're talking, we're like, oh my god, like this has to be serious. So Michael's like, I'm gonna do a replay. So Michael looked back at it, and it's a couple second delay for Michael since it's with it's through him. And we just hear Michael go, oh, my God. And we don't hear me, me, Lane Logan, we don't hear Michael talk like that. We don't hear Michael. Yeah, you, you don't hear that much out of me that often. Like hear that, that concerned so. like that. So when we see the helmet pop out as the flip is happening and then the roll and then him going out of the car, it was, it was literally one of the most terrifying. We we're, were just like, he's dead. He's literally there, just no way. Like. Most of us watch Dan Weldon live. We, we just known it's always been a part of racing, but you just obviously never think it's going to happen. Going into watching an event or being at an event or even strapping yourself into the car, like uh, I know everybody for the rest of the event and everybody the rest of this year, and I hope forever, like using that as a lesson, just to know to strap in yourself, take the extra safety precautions, spend the extra money when you might not even have the means to. Like a lot of these local level guys, they might not spend a little extra money to make sure that they're safe just so they can get on but track stuff and like that no extra money needs to be spent for stuff like that yeah like uh not throwing my buddy under the bus but i ran any car race at southern national a couple months ago in asphalt and i did not feel safe but i still went through it and thankfully nothing happened but i was just wearing a regular car lap belt i was just wearing helmet fire suit obviously but like no window net, no roll cage. It was a old uh, Mercury, like two thousand something like that. But like, I, I texted, I texted James, my buddy, who was his car. I was like, if I'm gonna race another car for you, I need some better safety. Or I'm gonna bring my own safety in. <laughs> uh, just straight up, like, I, I'm glad he was there, and Ashton and his family was a part of delaying like some of the um celebrations and stuff before the c b's and a's began on saturday and it was great to see them and that's worth it things like that being worth it rico and his artist from giving them the painting and his interviews and stuff that was awesome it was great to see but yeah. I, I just really hope tilly bowl overall makes some improvements off their already great event and how much notoriety and stuff it's brought including coming from the nascar guys that are or are not there uh I just, I just really hope it just keeps getting better and keeps building because it can just get bigger over time, and hopefully one day it can be up to the size of the Daytona 500, the Indy 500, or Monaco, or it, Eldora. Get like that. Uh, I know it, it's cool to wish and dream, though. I know it's more of a niche, like a niche type of motorsport, more niche than motorsport already is in general, but. Um, after Vado and Chili Bowl last weekend, this weekend, we got Volusia coming up for the World of Outlaw Late Models starting off their 2023 campaign. Uh, can, uh, Michael, who are some of the drivers that are going to have full-time this year? Honestly, I, I got to go to Woe because they're, they're actually going to have a lot of, a lot of drivers. Right? I mean, right now, they, they probably have more committed full-timers than Lucas. I think it's pretty even, though. That one, but right now, you got the likes of B. Shep, Chris Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Tanner English. Max Blair. And Dennis Herb Jr. is coming back. Nick, Nick Hoffman, surprise. Yeah, I, I really hope he does well. Ryan and Gustin. then some of the um, the, the few well usuals you have, like the Brett Larsons. What? The, uh, Ryan yeah, Gustin. Yeah, the uh, Booms. Gordy Dundaker. I've always gotten the uh, Gundaker brothers confused, Trevor but I, I really think it's going to be a battle of between Shepard and Madden. I don't really see, see Shepard or Herb really being in contention for this. Yeah, and I love Dennis and Heather Heather Lynn too. They're good people. Uh, I I prediction of the I, year. I think it's only Peyton, Peyton Freeman versus Nick Hoffman. I mean, I, yeah. I honestly I'm gonna give. I think Nick Hoffman gets that. I do too. As much as I like Peyton Freeman and that Gr Smith team, I I feel like just overall Nick just has the more experience overall with race cars. Maybe not the late model in general. I. Prediction I was going to say a second ago is I feel like Nick is going to have a very hot start. Like he's going to be on fire. He's going to be surprising some people, getting a lot of podiums and maybe a win or two here and there. But I feel like over the long haul, still learning these cars and Shepard and Madden just being so consistent, I feel like they're going to eat him up and he'll finish third or fourth in points. I, you're right. It's going to be between Madden and Shepard, though. Yeah, I really think that as well. It's going to be Madden. Madden or Shepard are really going to be the. The big deciders of who gets the championship. It would be Shepard's fourth, correct? Fourth or fifth? Be his fifth. It'd be his fifth, and that would. Uh, does he already have the championship record for Woe, or is he still no, tied with? He's Josh? still tied with Josh. Hmm. Hey, I, I, I want Smokey to get it. I really do. I, I think he can do it. I was talking with Kelly Carlton a couple episodes that we. Both of us want a South Carolina guy like Kelly to get the get the dream win too. I I just want everything for Smoky Madden just as like a kind of homer, kind of like you with people like Mike Norris and Satterley and everybody in the, in the Eckerts and everybody in that area. It just, it just means a little bit more to you because those are your guys from your same area. Mm-hmm. For the late model races, we have after Volusia for Thursday through Saturday, nineteenth through twenty first. Lucas starts their season at Golden Isles through the 26th or 28th for races that are going to pay 10000 12000 25000 Then the 29th and 30th, they're going to be at Bubba Raceway Park in Ocala for 10 k both nights. Third and fourth, they're going to be at Alltech for 12 and 15 k in Ellisville, Florida. And then the 6th through the 11th, I'm going to be at the final night of this. At East Bay Raceway Park. I think this is their next to last year Raceway Park. I think 2024 is yeah, their last got, season. Got, which, and I'm I'm gonna make it down there uh, before it's gone. I'm gonna be there on Saturday the 11th. They're gonna be running for 5K, 5K, 7K, 10K, 12K, and then finish off that Saturday the 11th with 15,000 win. And then Dirt Car has the 13th, 14th with late models and. I know CRUSA Street Stocks and the Sprint Cars are going to be there too that weekend. I don't know if that's sanctioned woe for the Sprint Cars though. I'm not too sure. I'll have to look into that, but I'm, I believe it is. And that's the 13, 14, 15th, and then 16, 17, 18th back for the woe late models for Volusia for 10K, 12K, and 20K. And then they finish it off back at Alltech for XR Super Series on the 20th for 20K. And then after that, 
a lot of the guys have about a month to decide if they're going to really commit to their which series they're going to really commit to. Because as they say, they commit now, and then you have switches last year like Shepard. Big guys, you're going to really have about really a series. It's going to be like your Devin Morans, yeah, um, Kyle Bronson, K. Dillard, all those K. Dillard, yeah, Mike, Mike Marler, Ricky Weiss, Mike Marler. Stormy Scott. Oh, uh, did Stormy Scott or Johnny Scott confirm? Stormy Scott is full time uh, as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And pretty much everybody's returning for a Lucas, like the Dalton Wilsons, the Ross Robinsons, the Ricky Thornton Juniors, the Turbos. Um, not really. A, a lot of people switching. Not up really a big rookie class right now for Lucas. None for Lucas I, right now. Yeah. I. I mean, they're they're, they're going to get a few. I, I'm going to assume. After Speed Week, I feel like a couple guys will be like, okay, we did good at Speed Weeks. We're like eighth, ninth in points. Let's let's go. Honestly, for honestly, I can maybe like a Ricky Weiss. Go for I Lucas like, full time. I would like it. I'm, I'm pretty sure he has not ran Lucas yet, so he would be considered a rookie. Yeah. Pretty easy money for him to win. He could easily get into the top 10 in points. I believe I saw that they bumped. Money. I believe I saw that they bumped up their Rookie of the Year prize to 25K. Yeah, they have. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Just pumping more money. Obviously, all the more money they're pumping in with their playoff system for this year, the race for the championship. We've already well, discussed that in length. <laughs> also, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I think it'd be kind of good series as well, but we will have to find out. Yeah, we'll have to find out. And down here in the Carolinas, the biggest sport compact race of the year, SCDRA winter freeze at Scriven uh, Motor uh, Motorsports Complex in Sylvania, Georgia. The second year in a row it might be more than second, but only based on my knowledge, the Southern All-Star Super Late Model Series is going to be there again, which is awesome. Starting off their season with 10K to win. Sport Compacts are still paying 19, but still, it's going to be awesome to see those guys, Ray Cook and Ray Cook and Kelly Kelkar working together again. Also, again, shout out Ray for his win at the Ice Bowl like two weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, awesome, awesome other podcast to listen to after this was Kyle Armstrong's Four Byte Podcast with Ray, just talking about some of the old times and people he got started with and a lot of stuff about Tri-County, which I'm definitely going to make it out there for the, what do you call it, the Flow Night in America race they have in September, October. I would love to make it out there in the mountains, but it's like a four-hour drive on a Wednesday, and I got to work. <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, the big, big thing with me is some of these tracks I want to go to or, like, feature – on doing on dirt for Fridays, they're like three hours away, and I just can't swing that. So that's why the only one I have right now for Fridays is Carolina, because my only other options would be like uh, I want to do a Lavona in Georgia, Tri County, or what was that one Halifax or County Line out in Eastern North Carolina. Those are the only Friday night shows because Lawrence County switched to Fridays, so. Uh, I'm still considering my fourth track if I'm going to um, stay with Lawrence County, get rid of a fourth track, or just roll with a three. I'm kind of leaning towards rolling towards a three, but I'll have it confirmed in the next couple weeks and stuff's more ironed out. We're going to have the uh, ultimate schedule out in about two, three weeks at this point. I haven't really bugged, bugged anybody about it since, but we should already have the Carolina Sprint Tour schedule. I was talking to them a couple of days ago. They said it was going to be hopefully Monday, and it's Tuesday at 5.30 at this point. So uh, when it's out, I'm going to have it posted everywhere on Doing It's on Dirt. But besides that, Michael, you got anything else you want to include for Dirt Racing World? That's all I got, really. 
Um, any little last things? I, I think I'm good. I'm gonna see if I have more stuff to. I don't know if we're gonna have enough content to be posting a podcast next week or a week after. I might, I might kind of go quiet a little bit until the winter freeze, and then for the winter freeze, I'm gonna be going full bore. I'm gonna be there the Friday and Saturday. I'm gonna be Sunday night. I'll be there the whole day. Well, hopefully most of the day Friday I do have to work, but Saturday I'll be there all day, whole event, doing interviews with drivers, doing like little vlog type style things. Going to be on Instagram Reels and Snapchat and not Snapchat, eh, Snapchat, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, those type of things. Obviously keeping people informed on Twitter. So if you're not following Doing What's on Dirt on Twitter, uh, it's at Doing What's on Dirt, D-U-N-E-W-I-C-H-O-N-D-I-R-T. I had to remember how to spell. Is that on everything? TikTok, YouTube, which can be getting started at Winter Freeze. Uh, Michael's social media, his Twitter is at M underscore Schmel2, correct? Yep. My personal stuff is Evan McCrory. I'm mostly everything M-C-C-R-O-R-Y. My Twitter is Father Dinwich. Makes sense, but hope you guys are having a great week. I'm talk to you guys soon, and uh, see you later, Michael. See you guys. Bye.